my brother from another mother. I'm uh, back from St. George, jet lagged to shit. And, uh, back in the motherland, aren't you? <laughs> back in the motherland, yeah, yeah. And the good thing is, it's so sunny now in The Hague. It was like 20 degrees, and normally I would melt like a cheese, as you know, but now I'm really acclimatized because of that camper van, but I'll tell you, tell you about that later was on. Was the camper van boiling then during the day? Was it scorching? Mate, the camper van had it was like an emotional imbalanced person because at day it would be absolutely cooking in the thing like you'd be <laughs> sweated like I, i'd wear maybe in some videos you could see it like three different t-shirts so every- it's like it's bipolar you're saying you got exactly. a bipolar camper van we, exactly we had a bipolar camper van i remember before we went out i look at the weather app and it's at 33 degrees and i said to pepe pepe I'm not going to buy the sheets and and uh, cushions and all that from the uh, RV rental place because it's going to cost another hundred and fifty dollars. You know, I'm Dutch. I need to save a little bit. Um, we're going to bring our own sheets. It's going to be thirty three degrees, so just bring a very very thin sheet because you know I've been camping. So did you sheet. just have a sheet? You didn't have any uh, any. Uh, I thought they'd have quilt in it. Nothing. I thought. Oh, have... so when it went to seven degrees or ten degrees at night, you were <laughs> you, you're guessing it. Did you sleep in trackies and stuff? Dude, there? the first three days, well, the first night, I I hardly had any sleep. I literally, I only had that that little thin sheep. I only had two sweaters with me and one long pants. But I wore the long pants like on travel days, like thick trousers, not like comfy to sleep in. Shaking like a shitting dog all night long. It was absolutely freezing. Then daylight is absolutely boiling. So, um, yeah, it was crazy. Then we ended up in the Walmart buying clothing and all that and uh, and, 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 and sheets. And spending <laughs> over $150. <laughs> spending way over. No, but um, um, how did we get to the subject? Yeah, so I'm acclimatized and the 20 degrees from now in the Netherlands feels awesome. What about you then? I'm all right, mate. I've... Uh... I'm back on the game. I, I nearly died last week. I had man flu, mate. It was horrible. <laughs> man flu again? Did it get to you? Got to me, mate. Honestly, on on Monday, Monday, I'd, I was back in training because I did a week all right before the week uh, the week before. Trained all right. Did mostly cycling and swimming and a bit of running because that was one that was taking more out of me. But it went really well. Got loads of cycling and actually starting to feel pretty good. Like did a few efforts and was actually thinking, yeah, I'm on it now. Next week, I'm back in the game. Did a session on on Monday, like a decent ride, swim, did like a threshold swim set. Uh, actually felt good. I said to Mark, tomorrow, mate, back on the brick session, let's go. He's like, good, good, good. I'll be, what time should be around yours? I was like 12 o'clock. Monday night, I was absolutely poisoned, mate, on Monday night. I thought I had food poisoning. And I thought because um, Laura cooked a load of food and uh, I'd, I had a couple of people around on Monday night and we were messing around in the pool and she's like, oh God, he's messing around in the pool Monday night, taking ages. So she came back from work, had her dinner by herself um, or, or she was cooking it. And then when I came up, she put my, she took my veg out and put it on the chopping board and we're having lamb for dinner. And I thought, oh no, when I was, when I was waking up in the middle of the night at one o'clock, I thought <laughs> she's all I could taste was this horrible broccoli with garlic on it and it kept repeating on me you know imagine that broccoli with garlic and i thought in my, in my head what was going through it was she's she fucking poisoned me like i'm waking up like i'm literally i can just feel taste this broccoli i thought laura's poisoned me like she was that pissed off at me she's she's ended up cross-contaminating the broccoli with like raw meat when it was cooked and then i, I was sick at 115 i had to make myself sick you know it's like you can feel it can't you and you're like yeah, i'm just yeah. gonna i'm just gonna commit get out so i did that and thought oh that's not too bad. I've done that. Like, hopefully now I'll be able to get some sleep. I woke up at three o'clock, 
And it was one of them ones where you wake up and you've got a sprint to that like uh, bathroom. But that would have made like oh. Mo Farrell would have been pleased with that finish kick. I had to quickly get to the toilet. <laughs> I was there. Everything came up. It was awful. And then I started feeling a bit better, but I felt so depleted. I was laying in bed. I'd hardly drank anything. And I thought, I really need to get out of bed and get some electrolytes. Otherwise, I'm going to be screwed. But it was like I couldn't muster the strength to get out of bed and walk down the stairs to get some electrolytes and uh, drink. So I just ended up spending the whole day the next day in bed. I did get some drink in the end. I remember because we wanted to do a podcast like You wanted to do a week. podcast and I couldn't. I said, mate, I'm, and you kept saying to me, have you watched the video? Have you watched the video? Yeah, I thought, no, I'm dying, mate. Like, last thing I got was a video. I'm like, I'm sweating in bed. I can't even get out of bed, mate, to eat anything. So it was like that. And anyway, I was fatigued. I felt awful. And then on, like, Friday, oh, Thursday, as a late birthday present to Laura, so this is day three, after that so not only have i bloody covid i've now had this like horrible thing i thought i'm gonna cycle to fornham it's 50 miles away we're meant to be staying the night there um uh, for her for a late birthday present for her and then the next day i'm gonna cycle back so i biked there laura drove there in her car sports car so no room for the bike so i committed then i biked there and i felt like i was going at a steady pace i averaged like 170 watts mate i was like 50 watts oh. down. yeah and it felt ste- and it felt just a steady pace didn't even feel like i was going easy <laughs> But, well, I've hardly, I've hardly been able to eat anything. It'll be fine. The next day, I'll be I'll be back in the game after a big three-course meal tonight. How wrong was I? The next day, I started, I was riding about 130 watts, mate, 140 watts. I thought wow. my power meter was broken. And then after about 10, 15 miles, I, I, I rang Laura up and I said, what do I do? I don't, I don't think I can get home. Like, I'm miles away from the train station. There's no taxis around here. What do I do? <laughs> She's like, you just have to ride to the train station and get the train home. Like, I can't do anything. So I was like, oh, God. So I end up riding to the train station. It ended up being about only about 20 miles in total, 25 miles. But it felt like a lifetime. And got the train back. And the guys were laughing on the train guard. So I like, you've got that bike. I thought you'd have been biking home with that bike because I was actually trying my race bike because I just got it. Because I was meant to be doing a race as well what, on TT the Sunday. Bike. Yeah, so it's the new Argon TT bike with the disc wheel and tri-spoke. And you think, I'm riding around like a chopper, mate, 18 miles an hour because I can't ride it. I've got no power. And they're like, oh, with that bike there, I'd have thought you would have been riding home. I said, I can't. I've got no energy. And they were just like, what? (laughs) Oh, that's a massive, massive low then. What's the high of the week? Uh, I'm basically, I'd say that I'm feeling a lot better. And after the, all the lows that I've had, it's just good to actually feel when, my normal self. When you're saying, by the way, about that broccoli and lamb, do you remember I had that back in before the week before I'm in New Zealand, that first I made chicken, like I, I chopped chicken, someone chopped chicken on the chicken. And then you board. felt great after that. And didn't then, you get once? Yeah, but then I, I chopped the pineapple on the same That was board. Seb, so, yeah, Seb poisoned you, didn't he? Someone poisoned me, yeah. It was Seb, mate, it wasn't me, like, it was Seb. <laughs> and then, literally, you guys, you were saying, we're going out for sushi, Tom, are you coming? You come, we're going out for sushi. Well, I don't really like sushi, but at that moment, I started to feel that tummy, what you're saying, it was making noises, like, rrr, rrr, rrr. oh, yeah. And I was thinking, no, sushi for Tommy. And then Tommy I was kept... making that, and I could taste the broccoli, mate. Garlic broccoli. I was <laughs> like, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> if, if I even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever I see a menu with something like a chicken and, and pineapple, I'm getting horrific thoughts, like poof, nightmares. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, food poisoning is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> lamb and broccoli what a combo mate, lamb and broccoli mate i was saying <laughs> i was like thinking she's bloody poisoned me because she's pissed off that i've had the lads around and we've been messing around in the pool she's like what? and that's what she's, what? she's poisoned me. give us give us a little update on the neighbors then because you were messing around in the pool so obviously you're playing with fire there what 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 did she what did she say 
well, I've had to put a canopy up now around the pool, which What's is that? like a, what, a gazebo kind of thing, like a mini gazebo thing All right. over the pool. So it's like, well, it's like splash blue from me, which is something. Um, most people have got an all right swim stroke, so they don't even need the gazebo up. But for me, it stops the splash going over there. But she tried to trick me. Did I tell you that she was leaving her washing out 24-7? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she wanted me to soak it, mate. She was playing the game. She was playing the management game. So she wanted to report me to her. But she can't do anything now. And she's been silent because I think she's absolutely livid that we've found a solution to it, that she can't complain. She doesn't like me. You know, I see him. I say hi to him. They put their head down, look at the pavement. And walk past that's what Funny. they do joe let me share uh some couple of highs of the week i just came back from st george if you haven't seen any of our videos yet go over to uh i was so kind to give joe skipper a couple of thousand new subscribers to his channel you have actually just under a thousand at the moment so if you if you like the videos <laughs> and you haven't subscribed yet make me up to <laughs> take me up to a thousand um go over to his youtube page the funny thing is it was it was also his best ever videos ever so uh joe maybe uh <laughs> <laughs> think about your youtube game that mate um, I, if i had pepe videoing me all the time then uh yeah that would be fantastic mate but uh you're, lu you're lucky it. you've got a very skillful videographer working for you that he can yeah. make even you look charismatic <laughs> but anyway yeah if you haven't seen the videos go over to joseph's youtube channel it's a little bit of a what we uh we try to cover it i'm in st george uh more about that later anyway i've had loads of people mention to me oh tom's so good on the videos he should be a presenter. He's great, Tom is. Like, God, they're all like, they're all wooing over Tom, aren't they? <laughs> the presenter. Um, but um, it was so great to be at such an awesome event and not having the stress to race one time, you know, because normally... I would love to go to a World Champs and not race. I always think that when I'm in Kona, I think like, but oh, it'd be awesome it, to be out it here It is not an race. awesome event, yet it is different than Kona um, because what I was missing is normally if you go to Kona... Uh, you wake up in the morning, 6, 7 a.m. because of the jet lag. And then so many people are already running on LE Drive, aren't they? You go down to the water swim, so many people are swimming. Um, oh, mate, if you the... did that video series in Kona, it would be absolutely off the charts with everything you've got there. Yeah, I know. But this, when I was on Monday before the race, you know, it's like five days till race day. I've hardly seen any age group. So I was thinking, where is everyone? Um, so that was uh, you. Sometimes you were missing a little bit of the, uh, the 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 magical world championships chemistry. But then later on, as of like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, so many age groupers in town, like lovely chats and uh, uh, being able to not have the stress of the race and and properly <laughs> mess around uh, was was really good. And there were some people that I want to say thanks to because um, they helped us out, Joe. Um, that's all right mate you don't need to you don't need to thank me this is absolutely fine like out of everyone out of everyone it was fine using my renting my youtube channel out it was absolutely fine mate like you don't need to you don't need to thank me was, there's like there was one one uh, uh a man and a woman they stayed on our rv park and they didn't listen to the podcast but they found out about the videos on uh, on the youtube they were just scrolling around on youtube and uh, they heard about our uh, our barbecue, and they just uh, brought an extra barbecue and a shitload of food for everyone. Because really? We, yeah, it was really, really, really nice. Um, big triathlon fans. Yeah, we had a massive, a lot of people over at the barbecue. Um, How many I, people turned up to the barbecue, roughly? About 20. And oh, Ari right, and I did the uh, triathlon, didn't we? That was my favorite time. video. That, out of all of them, that was my favorite video. And that race was absolutely awesome. And I'll tell you what I loved. I loved it when you interviewed that guy 
who said about how he didn't have any nutrition. And then you interviewed him again when he came into transition. He was like, I've got loads, basically. Yeah, he's such a funny guy, Jonathan from Ireland. Um, but there's a, a guy called Matthew Ryan. Uh, he messaged me. I couldn't find him in the DMs anymore, but he uh, he took Pepe and me out for uh, for dinner. He's in Australia, but he sent us. Uh, Thanks, Matthew. Um, really appreciate it. Um yeah, I had, had a really big laugh in St. George, mate. Honestly, let's start Matthew, off. If you want to take me out for dinner, I can DM you my address. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one thing I want to say is I did I did debrief this with Joe in the podcast we did in St. George because we did one previous to the race, but the file was erupted. We've never had this before, but we couldn't put it up. We did a pre-race review, um, and I, I chat a little bit about what we uh, did in Vegas. And Joe, I want to tell the people how awkward it actually was in Vegas. You might be thinking there's so many people out there in, in tri suits and, and, and like weird looking stuff for st stack parties. But we were there at like 2, uh, 2 p.m. What is it? P.m. A.M. 2 p.m. 2 p.m. Like mid, just yeah, after lunch. A, just after lunch. It's just families, kids walking the dogs on the strip. And then it's Pepe saying, all right, Tom, you, you got to give it a go now. Let's do the introduction and then start the interviews. And I was thinking, what am I going to ask these people with families? I need, I need some, uh, I, I need a little teaser. I need a little drink. So we had two free beers and then uh, went on the strip, uh, undressed. I was right in front of the Bellagio Hotel and uh, the guards walked up to me. Or what the, the guards were saying, like, we've got a jumper. We've got a jumper. He wants to jump in the blood of your fountains. He wants to jump. So back up. We need backup. So the, all of a sudden, within like four minutes, we had four or five of these guards standing there. And I was saying to Pepper, what are these guys doing? He said, I've got no clue. So basically, uh, I just got dressed, put my tri suit on, got the mic, and uh, started interviewing the first few people. And they kept like pointing at me and, and literally we're about two, three meters away. And I, I walked over to the guy because he kept being funny. I said, mate, what, uh, what's wrong? What's going on, boys? And he said, we know what you're going to do. You're going to jump in the fountains for YouTube. And I said, oh, believe me, mate, I don't like to swim. Did he say for YouTube? He thought <laughs> yeah. you were going to do it for YouTube. Pepe was filming, wasn't he? Yeah. I, I said, mate, believe me, I, I, I don't like to swim. I, <laughs> I don't Get like me a to bike and it'll be a different story, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to swim. But then he was keep being funny and said last like media credentials and all that whilst we were out on the strip. And then we just started the uh, the videos. We went away from the Bellagio's Hotel because I was done with that bullshit with that guy. Um, and start asking the questions. And we did it till like 12, 11 p.m., 11 to 12 p.m. And it was just, just it was quite hard, really, because no one, someone said, oh, they have only put the bad ones up because two people do know what, a, what an Ironman is. Literally, I've asked about 30 people. No one has ever heard of an Ironman. Like no one could explain to me, yeah, it's a swim, bike, run. One guy said, I think it's got something to do with running, but no one knew what it was. Because um, it would have been fun if someone actually knew what it was. And it made it pretty hard because then what are you going to ask him? Because you want an answer, yet you don't want, because if you ask him something like who your favorite pros or whatever, you can't get any answer, can you? Because they don't know. No. Nah. But, uh, oh, my God, I had such a laugh with Pepe. We uh, really been pissing around in our pants. Um, did, Pepe, did Pepe enjoy it out there? Yeah, massively. But we do not – if we – so we want to do this maybe again in Kona. depends on uh, – so now it was 50% uh, – well, a bit less was paid by the Patreon's money that we got through uh, our Patreon's website. Thanks, everyone, for support. Uh, shout out to the OG dogs. Uh, but in the rest, I um, – put it out of the uh, the penny's pocket from uh, Tommy and yeah if we want to do you're going to get the money back from patrons aren't you it's just going to take some time it's just going to take 10 months but but 
but um, basically yeah, the whole trip's do... been self-funded hasn't it yeah right. yeah so, so you, you know i mean it was a pilot it was a teaser you wanted to see how how it went if people liked it um i think a lot of people didn't expect what we could do they maybe thought I was just going to walk around with my own hand camera or a gopro and and like um but yeah yeah uh, we had loads of good feedback we want to do it again and joe and i are going to figure out in the upcoming months um how we can uh, uh basically make it happen if you like the videos and you really and you want to support them and see more stuff like that, because we've even got some other ideas that we want to do before Kona, aren't we? Like, you know, the race where we have to buy all our kit and race on like 600 euros. That's another good one that we want to do. So me and Tom want to race as pros in a 70.3. And we've got a 600 euro budget as well. And we want to get Pepe to film that and like basically... But at the end, 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 end of the season, there's going to be... At like the end of the season. At the end of the season. Pros. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't want to humiliate some pros halfway through the season. It <laughs> wouldn't be fair to their self-confidence. So we're going to do it at the end when they can like go finish their season and work on their weaknesses after we've, uh, we've, sh we've showed them how it's done. But the whole yeah. trip's been self-funded. But if you want to... Um, if you want to subscribe as a patron, that'd be awesome because basically the money or, we get from patrons goes towards it. Or if you're like a big company and you're thinking, I like what I see, send us a DM. You know, Joe? Yeah. I mean, maybe Super Sapiens might come on board. Yeah. I've got some pretty sexy uh, insights listeners-wise that they might To be like. fair, we've <laughs> always talked pretty highly of Super Sapiens, haven't we? Like, well, I don't think well, we've we ever said a bad word about them. We never, we never mentioned the company. We we've said exactly. we've never said anything about Super Sapiens. We've always spoken highly about them. <laughs> do, do you know, by the way, Eric Klaus sent me a message this morning. He walked over to uh, uh, at the award ceremony to Christian Blumenfeld. He was he, he was trying to eat a, a carrot cake. <laughs> and Eric said, don't do that, mate. You're going to smoke that glucose monitor. <laughs> it's quite funny. And what did he say? Um... Ari Klaus uh, Ari got did. like a European personality, isn't he? He's not yeah, a normal he's, American. He's a he? he's a really funny guy. Like I I pissed my pants meeting him. He's such. I a I told character. you he was a good guy to get involved, Tom. I've, yeah, like, he's a he's a great character. He's a great character. My um, dad wants him on the podcast more. I think my dad wants to get rid of me. Really? Yeah, we. Yeah, want, he said you need to. He said I you think need some to get more, more. Some more people wanted him uh, on there more often, and and Joe and I are gonna have a little look into it. How we maybe can get him involved. So now and then. Um. Joe, let's uh, let's talk about St. George. Let, do, shall we talk about the race first? Yeah, go on then. Oh, so, but another high. I haven't paid for my bicycle back on the out trip and back trade. Save me two How did you euros. manage to flag that? Dude, um, I just went over to the Sky Priority desk and I said, I, they said, are you Sky Priority? Yep. I am. Well, I'm not. And um, I think because you're over at the Pri sky priority desk you normally get two free checked in bags and they checked in my bicycle in for free and then on the way back i did it again and boom for free again maybe Wait, it's a life that's the free laundry that's the that's the uh the uh sheets that you got then paid for covered fucking hell i know that's massive isn't it um but anyway yeah st george the race joe have you watched the race well <laughs> uh, the fir uh, first of all uh, what blows my mind is how did you manage to beat Ari at drink and beer in that run? Like you started the run nearly together. How far was that run on that video that you two did? Because you did a swim at down the pint, didn't you? A bike. Yeah. Uh, my, well, so my first, I, I was always a bit quicker on the down in the the, the pipes, the, the pints. Was it four laps in like the RV park swimming pool, which was like yeah, yeah, four laps. But I started off the first four laps with my shoes on, and that was like an anchor, mate. I could see myself losing time because he came out of ahead of me in a swim. 
And I jumped into pool first. And literally, I just got dragged. I felt this massive drag. And I thought, like, oh, fuck, I'm going to lose this race tactically because I've put on the shoes. But then, boom, down in the beer again, had a little head start. And then I was wearing already my carbon shoes, whereas he still had to push his one, put his one on. Then the run was about, what was it, like 600 meters, something like that, five, 600? Was it? I can't believe that you managed to beat him. I thought on that run, he'd be smoking. Tom's like, that was your first pro win, wasn't it? I, it was my first pro win. It was, it, it was a massive win. It was a stacked field. He still managed to get onto the podium. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was really good fun. Well, more pro races than Tom Davis. <laughs> Mate, and I can tell you this. It's really, really flipping hard to swim if you have like a, a liter of beer in your belly uh within three minutes or four minutes hard to swim anyway in it without yeah, a no. of beer. <laughs> um but let's go off to st george have you watched the race yeah i watched literally most of it like that's eight hours that i'll never get back in my life <laughs> and start, start it, the, with coverage, your... the coverage was just absolutely horrific um absolutely terrible but are we are we talking about that bit now or just generally no, just the race, race, just race in general like results in general how, how, how tactics unfolded um um i thought it was interesting like uh, Christian obviously missed the front pack, didn't he? The men, like it was mm -hmm. close. I was watching it and the commentators were like, oh, this athlete has just saved Christian. Like the gap opened up and he's just towed him back across. It was David McNamee apparently. Yeah. And then the gap, someone must've put a surgeon. I think it was that Daniel Becker. I'd put a surgeon in the swim because the commentator said, and then the gap must've split up and then he just missed it um, and ended up losing it. But that was a crucial part of the race. And then the second part was on the bike. He was losing time, wasn't he? So he went back to like four and a half minutes and then he got picked up by Cam Worth and uh, mm -hmm. Sam, I think Sam Long, was Sam Long still in Sam that Long was group still in at, that, at yeah. that point? Yeah. Lionel Sanders. And then, and then to be honest, on the coverage, you couldn't, re you never saw the chases. So on the bike, we had no idea what the dynamic was. I mean, I saw Lionel lost two minutes to the chases and then rode his way back because he paced it well. Yeah, 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 um, exactly. Which was actually quite impressive because to have the balls to actually ride at your own pace. Ari, then, Ari uh, said when the race was on uh, and they were racing and Lionel was losing time, he was saying he's pacing. He said, for a change, I'm just going to race my own race and I'm going to pace it from the finish till the start. And I know it's going to be a hard race. Uh, up front, they're all going to go off too hard. They'll probably blow up in the marathon. Um, and then uh, he wanted to run something like a 120 uh, uh, 121 or 120 first half marathon and then the second one he wanted to like pick it up or something uh, but that was his whole game plan so exactly yeah in the beginning he lost like two minutes to the chasers and then yeah he rode crazy. I thought it was I thought that was it I thought he was out of it then and then when he started catching back time again it was like holy shit but it's just interesting like if he I wonder how much more power he would have needed to put in at that bit because obviously you would have saved some energy sitting in wouldn't you but like how long would he have had to burn the candles to stay there? Because if he had that energy at the point when he started quarantine, when he was actually able to put a gap into them, it could have been crucial. But mm -hmm. I mean, that it was Blumenfeld. I mean, once it got onto the run, it was literally just him and Braden, wasn't it? You could tell it was like, I thought at first Braden might hold on for a lot longer. It might come down to a lot later in the race, but then, as soon as the gap started to come down, it tumbled, didn't it? It was like you could tell. I was, the I was thinking because I was, uh, I was out on the bike and we're literally f following the f the front of the race. We we're uh, trying to see how that one uh, unfolded, and the thing, th the tracker worked like shit. I don't know what, how it worked over there. It was like the American internet, or uh, but I could we couldn't follow the tracker. But I just went out on the bike and um, I was thinking. So Braden had something like a four minute lead, didn't he? Four and a half, uh, mate. Four four and a half minute lead, and I was thinking. 
Braden is a very experienced athlete. He's a very good runner, uh, especially over like hilly courses. He very rarely blows up. And I was thinking he's very capable of running 242, 244. And I was thinking it's not very likely on this course that someone else would run a 238. Well, it's been proven wrong. But, but Braden, um, Braden let the chimp get the better of him, didn't he? The chimp? He's in a chimp, you know, the chimp in your head. Because he? he started out, yeah, he started out way too quick. 115 first half. Like, the, the writing's on the wall then, isn't it? If he'd have just started off at a 120 first half, like you said Sanders was going to, and mm-hmm. just tried to pace it well, if he'd have, if he paced it to a, to a 242, he wins the race. Yeah. yeah. You know? Or if he paces it to 242 and manages to keep that pace going until 22 miles, he's then got the four-mile downhill where he's going to be running with a little bit of a gap over Christian, who's chasing him down. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it could have been a game-changer, mate. What about the chimp? What does the chimp do then? The chimp tells you, fuck, we're in first, mate. Like, go, go, go. Like, <laughs> you know, like, is that, is you that look a- at the Garmin, it says 530 mile and, it says, uh, and you're thinking, this is too quick. And chimp says, not today, it, mate. Fucking go. You've got this. Like, you, you it's it. your, today's your day, son. Go on, go for it. Fuck the Garmin. Just run by field. Yeah, yeah. it's probably overreading anyway. You feel good. Just push think, it. Yeah, I think Carl Smith's chimp said that at the start of the run. He just looked down. It said 520 mile and his chimp said, Fuck it, Carl, you're winning. Just go for it as long as you can. You never know. You might hold it today. <laughs> <laughs> the Chimp's Paradox. Great book, by the way. Um, yeah, the Chimp. The Chimp wants you to get carried away. Flight or fright, mate. He was he got off the bike. His chimp said, Holy shit, I can win the world champs today. And then that was it. That was it. Like there was no it's there was all, no container in that chimp. It's all about patience, isn't it? It's um, all about patience, mate. It's all about patience. But um um female race. Absolutely. Awesome from Daniela Reeve. Domination shit. from uh, Daniela Reeve back in the game, mate. And I picked her on Never our left. free race. Never thing, didn't I? I, I, picked I picked her as well. It. We both picked it. Um, yeah, we set Daniela Reeve in, in first, but we can't prove it because we can't. We, did, we didn't put it up, but we, we said it. We said it. We said it. We called it. We said she's not finished yet. The angry bird is bloody angry and she's going to have a chip on her shoulder. And I said, didn't I? I think I had the whole female uh, podium correct because didn't I say Daniela Reeve, Kat Matthews, Annie Hauk? Yeah, you did. Yeah. He did. And you said, he did. And you said, oh shit, you've got some very good picks. Cause you, I said, you picked Anne Haug. I didn't pick Anne Haug. That was the only one I didn't pick. I picked, I picked Ruth Assel. Oh yeah. Yeah. She had a really, <laughs> really good race as well. Like fifth It's really good from like, she came in, uh, her first. Oh no, you picked Sky mate instead of Kat. No, no, you just, I think you picked Sky mate. No, now you're just Sky. messing with me. <laughs> <laughs> um, 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 yeah, so uh, like absolute domination. And what I think in the female race... Hold on. Let's just say, Carl Smith did the junkyard dog, mate, didn't he? You yeah. got that on camera. Yeah. We Carl got... Smith, junk, leading the world champs on at the Ironman world champs. And as Braden Curry went past, he junkyard dogged him, didn't he? Yeah. It was a bit of a defeated junkyard dog, I've got to say. It wasn't like... Yeah. It was a like... It was a... Woof, woof. It was like, hoo, please. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Yeah. Don't come past me too quick, Braden. Please. Easy. Because <laughs> he had still, it was only about 10Ks into the run, wasn't it? Is that all it was? 8Ks into it. Yeah. Yeah. He still, it was, uh, it was quite some balls to pull the dark off. Those in. boys must have been loving it though, because they've been like massive rivals in New Zealand coming head to head loads. So for them two to be leading the New Ze- the uh, Ironman world champs like that, they must have been absolutely loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, female race, Joe. What could you see on TV in the coverage? Because basically, they just stayed with all you saw was uh, 
Daniela Reeve, uh, Kat Matthews and Sky Merge until they went up some hill. And then Daniela dropped, uh, Daniela and Kat dropped Sky. And then it stayed with Daniela and Kat for a while. And then I literally got a drink and I bloody came back in and I missed it when Daniela attacked or something. I can't remember what I did. I did something and I missed it. Or they didn't show it on the camera. I don't know. But then Daniela, the next thing you know, was solo and they said she's 30 seconds up the road. And then she literally just rode away. And then on the run, to be honest, they literally just stayed with Daniela the whole time on the run. And they showed a little bit with Anne Howe chasing at the start when she was like on fire. And then they went back to Daniela and that was literally all you saw. Like I, I, I don't really get this. So this was also the the, um, the thoughts behind the triathlon mockery coverage in St. George. We were thinking about featuring uh, some of the other athletes. I mean, every every athlete out there are one of the few athletes are like the best in the world, aren't they? You've got people coming in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. And most of the people, I've never heard of these people. We've featured, for example, Fenella Langridge and, and Leon Trevelyan. Yeah, some people might have heard of them, but they don't really, they've got a story as well, don't they? Fan, but, only, yeah, only fans of the sport or fans of that exactly. athlete because they're British would and have heard of them. I think they? it's just, um, they would have had, for example, Carl Smith, if, if he would have had a good run, he would have ended up, for example, on the podium, yet no one did a coverage about him, did they? We, we asked Carl, but it didn't work out anyway. But um, Ironman should do a coverage on, on everyone in the build-up to the race, I think. Well, do you know what makes me laugh? That, like, our YouTube channel that was funded from, like, patrons that's only been going from November did better pre-race coverage than a billion-dollar company at their world championship and, and better views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is just insane. It's a billion dollar company and bloody average Joe from Norwich uh, and Tom from uh, The Hay. And Pepe. Done, and Pepe, like Pepe, <laughs> Pepe the Piper has done a better bloody YouTube series than uh, that company. It's just it's like, also, what are they playing but, at? But also the fact that, for example, uh, um, Lionel's channel is awesome with the coverage he's doing. And he is like an athlete in the sport that is way bigger than a billion dollar company. He's doing his own own damn press conference. Um, it's crazy. I saw that, yeah. It's crazy, actually, that athletes need to do this or rely on uh, people doing this to get more exposure. I think but an, you know a company, Ironman should do it. You won't see someone in, in UFC fights or or Formula One. Like You don't see Max, Max Verstappen messing around with, with his own <laughs> fucking podcast or stuff but like that. <laughs> do, you know what, do you know what the ridiculous thing is, though? Ironman are just concentrated on getting the age, getting money from age groupers. That's, at the moment, the show's short-sighted, whereas actually, if they were investigate, investing in the pro side of the sport and they actually made it decent coverage because that coverage was absolutely shocking. It was terrible. Like I can't say how bad that coverage was enough. Then they would actually be getting some decent money for coverage. If they actually made that good and like, which it could and be, also, it, was, it could be really it good. It would come out, go out to more people and thus then people would get motivated to maybe yeah. do an Ironman. But then they might get some bigger sponsors that sponsor the race and they get millions of pounds. Yeah. You know, they'd get more from that if they sold it as a decent pro thing, like the PTO were trying to do, as a decent pa media package than what they would from the age group racing. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, there's like, you couldn't even see a tracker on the side of the screen. So you're watching the coverage, mate, and the commentators didn't even know who the top three were. Yeah, that's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. Like, that's, could you imagine Whereas, watching Formula One? They say, I think uh, Lewis Hamilton's in third place, but we don't know where, because he hasn't crossed the tracker yet. Whereas live GPS tracking is is like a cheap solution nowadays. Like, literally, you can get it everywhere, can't you? Why well, why, why don't we have this watch a grand tour. People watch a grand tour for five hours a day for 21 days. And, like, even in the mountain stages where it's exciting, not much happens for the first three to four hours. And then it kicks off. But I mean, even if you watch the World Championship Road Race, you watch a classic like Flanders, 
the first 150, 200K, not much happens, does it? Mm -hmm. nope. But you still watch it because you don't want to miss it. And the coverage is really good. They've got really good commentators that keep you going. They've got splits all the time. They're constantly telling you stuff. Like when they get to a climb, they'll tell you how long it is and what the average gradient is and everything. They tell you a bit about you the know? scenery, what Pepe and I yeah. did as well in St. George. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And like, but they need to be doing stuff like that. It's just, and also they need to change the commentators like every, at least every couple of hours and have some fresh ones in, get some fresh insight, you know, like they do that on the site and every, every hour or hour and a half, they'll put some different commentators in because mm -hmm. they're, but ultimately, the commentators are going to fail because they don't get any data, so they don't know what to talk about. That, um, that brings us really short to, because uh, we're talking about this anyway, the uh, bullshit busher. Because I this is not because I was out in St. George, so I couldn't really talk about this. But someone, Joe, sent us in a bullshit busher. Hey guys, as a triathlon fan and below average triathlete, I watched the full Ironman championships yesterday. I woke up this morning and I said I want to send you a suggestion for a bullshit buster. And that's the coverage by the Ironman, folks. It's absolute bullshit. I'm watching the same ads over and over and over again for eight hours. And I've ended up really, really hating these brands now. Can you rely? Yeah, that's exactly the same thing as what me and my dad said. We were watching the coverage. I was talking to him after the race and we were talking about the adverts, how annoying they were. They come over on the screen. They constantly kept putting it in your face and they were like so OTT with the way they were advertising. And me and my dad both said, I wouldn't even buy that product now because it's just so annoying. Like it's actually had the reverse uh, effect on me. That instead of actually persuading me that the product was good, I was like, this product is just so annoying that I'm not even going to, I wouldn't even touch it anyway. Mm hmm then coverage wise the leader takes 95 percent of all coverage time the second gets merely two to three percent and then 10 seconds here and there um then uh so repetitive oh and uh, they change at crazy points so at some points like sam long was like attacking like the group at one point he distanced like the chase pack and it was looking really good and you were thinking oh this is interesting because they just caught a few people that had been dropped from the lead group as well so it was really kicking off and then they cut away and you didn't see what happened and you were like, oh, that was like a really good bit part, crucial, potentially crucial part of the race. Like, was Sam going to get away with Cameron Worth? Where they'd let, let, put some time into the chase but, group that they were with. But also, but also, for example, what you want to see, and this is what you see in pro cycling, is for example, if you have the third chase back or the second chase back, um, where normally in pro cycling, it could be like a Mitchell Vanderpool or Wood Van Aert. And then, for example, now at some point, Sam Long got dropped or at some point, uh, Bart Arnott couldn't make, the, couldn't bridge up, or something like that. You want to, you want to feature then that moment and say, in like if you can, because um, these might be key characters towards the end of the race, don't they? You know. Yeah, it, and you need to see the story. You need to exactly. see how it unfolds. So, how for example, uh, you could say, "Oh wow, Lionel Sanders is now getting dropped from the chase back. It looks like he can't hold up, and blah blah." blah. And then, oh, he well, managed to pace back up. That's what makes it interesting. Instead of yeah. It would be like showing a classic like Flanders or Roubaix and you literally just stay with the early breakaway where they're just riding through and off and you don't show any of the cobbled sectors where the peloton's smashing it into it to try and go for position or, you know, watching Flanders. You miss all the all the attacks from like the favourites because you just stay with the lead group and you don't show anything and there's no splits on screen that tell you whether or not they're catching and then all of a sudden they'll just pop up and they'll be there. Mm -hmm. And you've not seen how they did it or anything. It would be so boring to watch. And that's basically how Iron Man killed the sport. It's just so annoying. Because I think it could be really good. 
because there was quite a lot happening and stuff, and it does keep you engaged, well, there, but it could be so much better. There are already improvements from a few few years ago, I would say. But I don't think this one was. This one wasn't, no? mate. There was no tracker. Yeah, I, on, there was I, no I'm tracker saying. even on this. No, this one wasn't. There was no tracker even on the screen. All right. So you couldn't see who the positions were. This was no better than what they have done. Enough, there was uh, only like I, I would say enough about St. George. Um, yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So what's the next race for you? Yeah, Joe. Well, I was saying, I was. I haven't told you this because we were both saying we're going to race Ironman Nice, right? Yeah. What are you bottling? It? I'm contemplating whether I should do it because um, literally I'm getting back. So I started last week in St. George with some steady training and right now i want to go back to some really consistent training that COVID has really taken me up for a long time but i think like three and a half weeks four weeks four weeks um so uh, yeah i need to go back to i don't think i can be fit enough in seven weeks to do an ironman at full speed like literally i've hardly been training really hard and I don't even know if I, when can when I can go back to effort. So first, I need to go back to consistent training. Then I need to go back to like threshold efforts, like what you were saying. Um, how that goes? Maybe if I'm fit enough, if I do some really decent training in like the upcoming five weeks, I would do it. But that's already two weeks prior to the race, isn't it? All right, we'll see how it goes. What about you then? I'm going to do it. I mean, my stag party starts after it. I've got to be there. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. So, <laughs> but I get married the week after. So I, know. So I, I I'm committed, mate. So I'm I'm, in, I'm I am, I am going there to the... Uh, um... I think just do it, mate. Just hope for the best. Yeah. You're a machine. Yeah, a machine. I know. But I'd rather uh, not... I thought if I'm not fit enough, I'm not fit enough. But I, I will... Yeah, but you dusted out. You dusted Ari off on, on in St. George and you look good running. You look good. So I think you've, you've, you're downplaying your... your your I'll, I'll see how it goes. If not, I'll probably do Emberman. I would really like to do Emberman. Um, Mozzarella is going to have to make sure he get leans up, isn't he? I know, that? I know. Um, Especially after a flipping week in America, mate. Holy shit! They hardly ever. What was the food like? Um, burgers, sausages, uh, fries. Um, What's the coffee game like there? Very, very. Uh, two and a half, two. In St. George, to, that bad? Oh, there's one shop, the Coffee uh, coffee Lovers, that's all right. Like I would say a, a 5 out of 10. Really? The is that it? The rest is absolutely shocking, mate. And I remember, uh, oh, by the way, in, in Vegas, um, crowds, speaking of the awesome triathlon community, remember back in the days when we interviewed Chris XXX? We stayed over at his place in Vegas, uh, really nice and sweet. And he uh, um, yeah, showed us around the city. Took you for a day at work. Took us for a day at work. It's proper grafting. That was the first decent session I got in like a couple of weeks. Uh, now, anyway, Joe, the, the coffee in St. George is, um, they're not there for the coffee, mate. Really? Yeah, it's just a shocker. But, and then we barbecued every evening, so I had like veg, veggies and all that. But um, yeah, if you want to go out for food, it's, uh, they've, they've, they like different stuff. So you wouldn't rate it for coffee? I wouldn't, I wouldn't rate it for coffee. No. All right. Um, and what about Vegas? Was there any good cafes there? Mm, no, it's just for uh, it's just partying, isn't it? Like, what was the riding like in St George? Because people go there for training camp. Is it a good um, place for training camp? No, no. I, I, don't. Well, I'm used to the Netherlands. I'm used to Europe. I'm used to safety on a bike. I'm not used to getting coal rolled or riding on a mo on a. Like Did they a, do that coal roll thing? Yeah, where they like, yeah. Is that where they like drop it? Is that where they put diesel all in your face or some of the black smoke? Yeah, black smoke. Um, same for riding on a highway. Um, I don't like any of that. Um, 
I don't know. I just don't think it's that safe, really. Some of the, if you go to them national parks, if you ride up to Snow Canyon and all that, it's actually, it's, it's really nice scenic wise and it's not much, uh, not many cars. But then uh, I would say 80% of the roads is all cool, lots of cars, big trucks, and they don't give a shit about cyclists. Really? Yeah. I think it was so, quite scary. So now and then, yeah, I wouldn't say uh, I, I don't like. I've been to Texas for riding. Remember that that highway that we did an out and back on of the course. Oh God, uh, Gal- Florida, we went to Galveston. That was the most dull place I've ever rode <laughs> oh in my life. My God. It was so skanky around there as well, wasn't oh, it? Literally, I was staying down at the trailer park, boys. Um, but yeah, island boys. <laughs> I'm an island boy. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I there are certain places in America, like obviously it is really cool for riding, but just the places I've been to, uh, aren't really, um, whereas the national parks over in St. George are stunning, mate. I did get angels, uh, angels landing. Like, I told you about that. That shit, was my, that, is, that was what my sister sent to me and told so me to cool, do. So cool. Like I that, said, I said that was a good one, didn't I? Yeah. That's the biggest uh, tip I could give if you're out there in uh, St. George. Did you do it all the way to the top? All the way to the top, mate. All the way to the top and back. Was it scary? Because they reckon. Oh, it's, it's really scary. Yeah, yeah, height. yeah. It's um, it's mega. It's you. You're climbing over like a meter wide path, literally over rocks, and then on the left side you're dropping 500, 600 meters down, and on the yeah. right side is flipping scary. Yeah. How long does it take to go up it? People have died on that. Yeah, till two thousand and. Uh, 13 there were no uh, no chains so you could like hold on to something so 13 people died on that climb wow. um the first it's about three or four mile four and a half miles or three miles to the mid section where you don't need a permit and then it's another 0.8 mile to the top uh, where you need a permit so before if you want to go up that climb the day before between 11 a.m and 3 p.m uh, you need to submit like enter a lottery Pay for it, enter a lottery, and then if you get chosen, you get a ticket. And you so you couldn't permit. go up to the permit bit then? We did. We got up to the permit bit, mate. But you couldn't do the permit bit though, could you? Why? What, what are you talking I about? Thought you just said you, I thought you just said you need to submit to get Yeah, a yeah, we did. We had it. We went up. You submitted? Yeah. And you got a permit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, enter the lottery, and then if you get... Because they don't want too many people up there because it's so dangerous. They want to limit the amount of people going up there. So they only give, for example, 200 permits a day. So you're lucky because everyone was busy with the Iron Man. You managed to sneak up Angels Landed. Yeah, uh, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, it's just a lottery, isn't it? And if it's luck or not. Uh, but yeah, we went up and it's absolutely stunning. And you've got these little squirrels that are really kind and nice. It's uh, yeah, it's quite nice. Um, yeah, that's it, really, Joe. No Instagram post of the week. Nah, but we'll be back this week. Well, I'm doing. A, I'll be doing a proper graft on the gram because last week, mate, it was so tiring in St. George. Literally every day, we got up at like seven a.m., went over to the reception, tried to upload the video. <clears throat> then in the evening, sometimes we would do our last stuff at nine p.m. and then Pepe still had to edit all the stuff. Went to bed at like twelve p.m., uh, one one p.m. something like that. How you call it? Like a.m. Um, wow. And also, um, during the day, we, we didn't really have a plan. You always want to come up with something new that you want to feature uh, to make it exciting and funny. And it just uh, uh, takes up so much energy to think about the concept and, and stuff you want to do. And also, we didn't just want to show all the Iron Man stuff, but also like scenery-wise and, and a bit of like culture. You want to feature age groupers you, uh, and you need to fit in the times with the pros. Uh, so right now, I'm jet-lagged to shit. And, uh, Was there any I- pros? That you met after the race that you wished that you got on the series 
Yeah, but I think, um, well, like we said in the beginning, uh, it is really hard to get some of the, well, for example, Bradian Curry is a really good pro, but you wouldn't, he wouldn't get covered by all the others, but I would say he's a hot one to get, but I think he's a fun guy. Like we had a laugh, didn't we, in New Zealand back then? Yeah. Um, I would have liked to do one with him. I would like to do one with like Carl Smith was one we asked for. Uh, well, there's so many athletes out there. Like uh, Carl Smith's going to be in. Carl Smith's going to be an even bigger diva now, isn't he? Now he was like getting some TV time at the front, isn't he? <laughs> We're never going to get an appearance with him. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, and on the women's side, we actually uh, had really some uh, some great characters in the sport, really. Like uh, Fenella was. We might be laugh, getting Josh Amberger on soon as well, mightn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think um, he's a good laugh to. Uh, he's keen. He, to, uh, to what was it he said about Sam Long? I don't even know. Last year, you trains like ta- train ta- trains like Tarzan, races like Jane. <laughs> that's, that's a year ago. Uh, I know well, it's funny though; uh, isn't it? it makes me laugh Sam, every time I hear that. Sam Long is a, is a really awesome character, but he he already gets so much media attention, so I'd rather focus on. And he's got on, his own channel as well, isn't he? Exactly, exactly. So it's it's better off to feature the, the people that don't have that white coverage because it's crazy to think that Sky Munch and she's even an American, you know. So Americans love Americans, and yet she didn't get that much coverage. Was racing off the front uh, um, and uh, came in fourth. I think it's crazy that that they don't get that much uh, coverage, really. Um, yeah, America, greatest city, greatest country in the world, mate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is it, Joe, for this week. We'll be back next week with the podcast. A little bit chat up uh, on. Yeah. So if you want to support us, support us. Um, we could already save up some money for uh, Kona with the Patreons. Then uh, go over to the Patreon. Show me show- the money. <laughs> go show me the money. <laughs> it's like Jerry Maguire, isn't it? Joe, Joe-, <laughs> Joe thinks it's so funny because he didn't just pay. Say it to he me. didn't pay just one penny, me, and his YouTube channel is absolutely flying. Yeah, just say it to me, Tom. Show me the money. <laughs> Why do you think that's so funny? Um, it's just on the film, Jerry Maguire, isn't it? you got to watch it, mate. <laughs> All right, go over to your patrons page and uh, uh, like, subscribe, or uh, I mean, subs- uh, I don't even know. Too tight for this now. Uh, sign up and uh, yeah, massive support. Thanks, everyone. And uh, also don't forget to rate the podcast. Jody, good luck with training this week. It will be my first week battling in the pool again with the kids. Um, yeah, can't wait because next week I'll be back with a load of lows. Do a 1500 meter time trial, mate, just to set your FTPs right. Mate, I, I can't even finish the thing. Good, I think this week would be a good time I can't for you even to do finish one. the just, fucking 1500. Uh, <laughs> mate, just go, go big or go home. Oh, you do know? you know just what? Get straight in that pool. Who else I think would have been a good one to put on? Like the big Mets. Because I want to. Oh, oh, the big Mets wouldn't give us time, mate. I asked him. Oh, really? Big Mets wouldn't give us time, mate. He said he ain't got time. He's flying in late and all this. He's too, he's too big. That's why they call him the big Mets, because he's got he's too big. He hasn't got time for the small players in the game, mate. If you were Talbot Fox or if you were a fighting chance for our man, you'd have big Mets. But he's too big. But, he's a big name, mate. But triathlon mockery is uh, it's not good enough. It's not good. It's not the big Mets, mate. All right. Thanks, everyone, for the support. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye-bye, Joe. See you later, guys.